Good evening. Good Hanukkah. We're in the middle of Malachis Boyer. What we will do this week is we'll finish off the practical halachas and Metzim in the coming year, which will take place in four weeks' time. Because in two weeks' time I have a family uh, simcha. In four weeks' time we'll go through all the practical scenarios uh, and, and apply all the halachas that we've learned to practical situations which come up in the in the kitchen. So this week we will finish off. Hopefully by the time we come to the end of this week, life will be a little bit easier. Just to recap the, what the, the halachas we learned in the previous year. We mentioned already a couple of years ago that there's three basic criteria with respect to the halachas of Bayer. The first is that to take waste away from food is completely osa, even if you did it with your hand. To remove food from waste with a vessel, with a keli, we'll discuss that later in Shem Yatashem, is osa. And to take food from waste, even, even by hand, but not to eat immediately, but to eat at a later date, is also also. The word waste and food, we ex- we've explained a few times, does not mean real waste and real, real food. Anything that you want at that point in time is considered food, and what you don't want at that point in time is considered waste. Be it a food, or be it any other article that you are organizing, separating, and uh, sorting, what you want is considered food, what you don't want is considered waste. The halacha of that one must not sort or separate or take away or be mavara psalis waste from food, that is irrelevant whether the waste is the greater quantity or it's the lesser quantity, it makes no difference. It might be far easier to remove the waste from the food than the food from the waste. That's again irrelevant. T- to take f- waste from food is osa in all circumstances. Sorry? Well, by the, by the end of the... First of all, you should have eaten the cold cups, Mrs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and second of all, by the time you finish tonight, Mrs. Graydon, you'll have it all clear. You'll know exactly how to eat your chicken and meat, Mr. Shem, uh, without being over the Isabayer. It's... Uh, as I said, by the, by the end of this evening, you can all start eating again on Shabbos. <laughs> the the halachas of separating waste from food must be, as we explained last week, it's got to be a, an action of separating waste from food. If it's not an action of separating, but it's an action of eating, and in the process of eating you are separating, that's not included in the banner of Boer, and that's completely mutter. And the simple example of that, we explained, is if somebody's eating a, a watermelon, and there's pips in the watermelon, you're allowed to remove the pips from your mouth at the process of eating, because everybody will tell you that's an action of eating, that's not an action of sorting. You are eating. In the process of eating, you're removing what you don't want to eat. That's not called Boer, that's called eating. What, what wasn't clear, and we discussed, is when you have it on your plate in front of you, and you're about to eat it, you have your piece of meat and your piece of chicken and you're about to eat it, am I allowed to do, as Mrs. Graydon says, just cut away the waste and put the food in my mouth? Or am I not allowed to do that? Do I have to take the oichel from the psalis? And we explained that's a very big machlekes between two of the great Swadi Poskim brought down in the in the uh, in the Mishnah Bura, that one is a Maria Bulafia who says that one can remove prior, just prior to eating, you can remove the waste from food and the Marit Salon who says you're not allowed to remove the waste from food. And we said that the Mishnah Bura says that the Chatzkele Tadaraisa here, 
Boyer is a malacha deraisa, so one should be machme, and one should, even when one is just about to eat it, if it's on the plate, you should separate the oichel from the psalis, not the psalis from the oichel. However, since there are those who are mekel, we said in situations where you're trying to feed uh, an ill person who can't separate it in their own mouth themselves, and hasn't got the ability to take the oichel from the psalis. Say we're talking about a situation where it's not possible to separate the food from the waste, like uh, fish bones or very small fish bones or something like that, then you will be allowed to, for the sake of a child, for the sake of an ill person, separate the bones from the fish just the moment prior before, the moment before you're about to eat it. <coughs> the other case that we discussed where separating waste from food is mutter, and that's the process of peeling. We said the process of peeling is also a process of burial, to peel vegetables, to peel a sweet wrapper, anything wrapped tightly and stuck to the food would be considered burial as well, be considered peeling. Peeling is a problem, unless you are peeling just prior to eating. That means it doesn't have to be exactly the moment before you're eating, within your preparation for the meal, as we'll explain in a few moments, that's called la'alta, that's called for the sake of eating. Then there, Chazal said, that's not called separating anymore, that's called eating. What you're doing is, you, you, there's no way you can get to the food without peeling it. So therefore, Chazal said, if you're peeling in order to eat immediately, immediately being the immediately of the preparation time, as we'll explain in a moment, of preparing your food, that's not called boya, that's called eating. Therefore, you're allowed to peel. How you peel, with what, what vessel you peel with, what keli, can you use a, a, a potato peeler, can you use a, a, a normal peeler, does it have to be a knife? We'll explain towards the end of the shit. But you're allowed to peel if you're peeling for the sake of eating. If, however, you want to make a salad before you go to shul, and in order to make the salad you have to peel carrots or whatever it is, that's not called for the sake of immediate eating, that's called preparing for a later date, then you are not allowed to peel for a later date. So peeling is taking away the waste from the food, because that's how you peel, you remove the peel from the vegetable, so really that should be also completely, but here Chazal said if you do it just before you are about to eat, the time span that it takes to prepare the meal, you are allowed to peel more, a longer time than that, Peeling for Shabbos in the morning, peeling before you go to shul for your meal after shul is also that would be that would constitute the malacha of Bayer separating psalis from the oichum. <coughs> we then moved on to discuss the halachas of taking food away from waste. Let's say food in order to eat immediately, not to eat at a later date. And we explained what's called immediate. The criteria of immediate would be like this. Say there's two of you sitting down to eat and you intend to start eating at about 12 o'clock midday. That's around about when you intend to eat and it only takes about 20 minutes to prepare a meal for two. Then 20 minutes prior to that meal, 20 minutes before that meal, you're, you're entitled to prepare removing without a proper keli, as that we'll discuss later in the shir, with your hand. What the hand means we'll discuss later in the shir, but you're allowed to remove from psalis for the meal which is about to come up. You're not going to eat it immediately. In the next 20 minutes you have no intention of eating it. doesn't matter. That's called for immediate use because you are now preparing the meal that you're about to eat as soon as you finish preparing it. If you have 10 people at the meal and it takes you an hour and a half to prepare, then you're allowed to start removing, peeling, removing an hour and a half before the meal. If, you ha- if you're catering an enormous suda, huge vamitzah, huge chasna, huge shevabrachas for 200 people and it's going to take you from 6 o'clock in the morning to get the meal ready, you're allowed to do all that from 6 o'clock in the morning. That means you set the time when roundabout you're going to be eating, you go backwards to the, how long it's going to take you to prepare that meal. From that point on, it's called la'alta, it's called the tzarech achila, it's not called la'achazman, it's not called eating for a later date, it's called preparing for now. You, you, to prepare 
for a meal it doesn't have to be the meal that you are about to attend to it doesn't mean that you're going to be eating that meal yourself it, as long as it's a meal which is going to be eaten by people in, straight after the preparation time that's okay so we can have a case reference of preparing a meal for other people he's not going to even eat that meal and that's fine he can do all the malachas of bayer which is or peeling as long as it's within the time span it takes to prepare that meal however to prepare in the morning for your midday meal before you go to shul then go to shul and then come back and eat that's not called preparing for the meal that's called preparing for a later date and that would be asa if you prepared a huge salad and there was some left over that's fine you can eat it there's no problem at all that's not called preparing for a later date because your intention when you made that salad was to prepare for the meal not to prepare for a later meal however if when you make a salad you say look I'm making a salad anyway and we're going to have two meals today it's such a shame to have to sit down and do the job twice I might as well make a double sized salad and it'll, it'll serve for the morning meal and for Sudish Lishes you have then transgressed the Malacha of Bayer because you have peeled or you have, you have taken Eichel Mitoch Sailors you removed good from bad for the sake of a meal which is not just immediate it's a, at a later date and therefore that's, that goes under the banner of Bayer <coughs> and finally we learned in the previous year another Chiddush Lahalacha another Kula in Melech's Bayer if you have for instance we gave the example of soup with Kneid Lachin and you intend to eat your Kneidlach and you intend to eat your soup but you, you're one of these uh, people who have slight quirks and you don't like eating Kneidlach inside your soup and if you want to take the Kneidl out and put it on the side on your side plate and eat it when you finish your soup there's no problem there Boyer, because you are taking it out within the process of eating and it's going to be eaten immediately together with the soup or just after the soup in the same meal that's not called a Malach of Boyer. that's again called a Malach of eating and that will be considered Mutter what we'd like to do today is move on now and try and quantify a little bit more some of the halachas that we've learnt and bring it down to more, a slightly more practical level where we can all eat our chicken and our meat without having to worry about the shear on Monday night there's uh, another mixture but only a specific type of mixture which Chazal allowed the separating of even sodas from oichel and that is if you have a pile of food and we're talking about literally a pile of food you have food piled on each other different types of meat piled on top of each other and you want to take the meat which is at the bottom of the pile so if you're going to be removing the meat on top I'm taking what I don't want so that should be considered waste to, in order to be able to arrive at the bit which I do want which is the oichel so it should be on paper it sounds like I'm taking sailors from oichel but here again Chazal allowed you in, only in a mixture of a pile not in any other type of mixture in a mixture of a pile you are allowed to remove the top layer in order to arrive at the bottom layer and take the bottom layer because since you can't access what's at the bottom without removing the top again that's not considered barrier that's called accessing the food and that's permitted if you have a mixture in a salad and you want to eat the bit at the bottom that you can't do because that's a complete haruva is a proper mixture and you can't just remove the top in order to get to the bottom because then you are sorting but when it's in a pile the type of mixture of a pile is not a complete mixture it's not a true mixture it's a, a, a pile though it does go under the banner of very normal circumstances but when you are, you are removing the top part of the pile in order to, uh, to be able to reach what's at the bottom that's not a problem of very that's fine that applies to places all yes um, I didn't say just before the meal no but uh, and I didn't say just before the meal but one second just let me check that <laughs> let me check that again 
No, it has to be, you're right, it has to be just full meal. Sorry, it has to be, again, within the time span of your preparation. All right, sorry, <laughs> apologies. I prepared this this morning, so I can't remember everything. Um, so again, let's, let's recap that again, just to, for clarity. If you have a pile of food, a pile of plates, and you're trying to get to what's at the bottom, only if it's a pile, not if it's a mixture, and you want to remove what's on the top in order to get to the bottom, if you're about to eat within that meal, it's within the preparing time of the meal, you'll have to separate what's on top in order to get to the bottom. Sorry? But, uh, and you want to wear what's, what's uh, underneath. So the is the same thing. But if you just sort it because you want to sort your cupboard out, then that would be uh, that would be awesome. Or if you're preparing your clothes for the morning, that would also be awesome. Now here we have another tradition. This is something that was mentioned by Mrs. Shanto a couple of weeks ago. Well, about eight weeks ago. Um, the another way round the the melacha of boyer when you want to separate waste from food. Now this is very very applicable to people eating meat, eating um, your chicken, etc. And it's difficult to take away the food from the waste. And you want to take away the waste from the food. Here there's a kula of the Mishnah Brewer. Now it is a kula of the Mishnah Brewer, but the Mishnah Brewer says that we can do that, and therefore we are allowed to do that. We will follow the ruling of the Mishnah Brewer, though others do argue with it. The Mishnah Brewer is enough of, enough of a uh, 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 place for us to rely on. Now he says like this, he says, when you separate, if I have a piece of meat, and I just want to eat half of the meat, so I cut the piece of meat in half, and I remove one half from the other half, that's not boy at all, right? Because I've not separated waste from food. I've just cut my food in half. That's fine. Therefore, says the Mishnah Brewer, the logic doesn't follow exactly, and the Chazanish really dislikes the logic, but the, the Mishnah Brewer's logic is as follows. He says, if I therefore have a piece of chicken with a bone, and I want to take the bone out, if I leave a little bit of my meat on the bone, that's fine. That would be fine, because what, I, what have I done? I've separated chicken from chicken. It just so happened that part of that chicken happened to have a bone on it as well. So if you're trying to take some fish bones out of a fish, if you could leave a little bit of fish on the fish bone, then that's fine, because you've separated fish from fish, not bone from fish. Whenever you, you find a fly in your soup, to take the fly out of your soup would be a, a, a problem of boy. You're now removing the waste from the food. If you, could take the, if you could take some soup together with the fly, then you haven't taken fly from soup, you've just taken soup from soup. It so happens that in that spoon of soup, you happen to have a fly as well. It doesn't have to be a fly, it could be lotion, it could be anything. <laughs> Those who don't like the, the taste of flies should throw it down the toilet, yes. The Chaznish says he doesn't understand that, because at the end of the day, the bit of chicken that you're leaving on the bone, you have no intention of eating. So what you really are doing is separating waste from the food. And therefore he doesn't like that at all, but the Mishavur uses this countless times, countless, many, many times, the Mishavur does use this, this, this method, and it's extremely helpful and practical in, in real terms. That if you're sitting at a meal and you have a piece of meat with a, a piece of fat in it which you don't want to eat, what do you do? If you just cut off the fat with a slight, a thin sliver of, of meat, that's fine. And then you can move it away because you're not separating the soilus, the waste, from the food. You're separating meat from meat. It so happens that that meat happens to have a bit of fat that you don't want to eat on it. That's fine. And that's how Mishnah Bura takes on Allah, and that's how we take on. And that's almost accepted uh, by, in, in, by most poskim. However, to remove a fly from a soup or to remove fat from a meat and then say, oh dear, I forgot to take some meat with it. So you cut off a bit of meat and you push it to the side. 
that's obvious that that's considered sorting. You've sorted the meat and only afterwards he added a little bit of, uh, you sorted the fat out and only afterwards he added a bit of meat. That's definitely a problem of sorting. You have to take oichel together with psalis in order to be considered separating oichel from oichel and not psalis from oichel. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You're even better off if you can do that. But how are you going to have a problem? How are you going to do that? You got, but you've got to take it oichel mitoch psalis. Stone. So, the so mango stone could be easy because you can't get to the mango without without taking the stone out. But then you can eat straight off the stone. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Definitely. So if you have chicken, a uh, chicken bone, you've removed the bone with some chicken on it because it was easier for you to do that way. Once you have just a bone with a small amount of chicken on, you can then hold the bone and then take the chicken off. That's absolutely fine. There, there's no. On the contrary, you're making it better. You want to be, to, if you eat the, the chicken afterwards, then really what you did do was separate chicken from chicken, not bone from chicken. The Chalanisha's problem is because really you're not going to eat that piece of, that small piece of chicken. You're going to throw it all out with the bone. And therefore you really are separating bone from chicken, not chicken from chicken. Therefore the Chalanisha doesn't like it. But the Mishabur is very makel, and it comes up in countless, countless situations, as we will see a couple more as we go through the rest of the ship. The skin of chicken is much easier because skin of chicken is edible. So skin of chicken is really considered chicken. So you can. In real terms, you can, you can take away the, the skin from the chicken. If you're a health fanatic and if you won't touch the skin because uh, it's going to send your cholesterol flying or whatever it is, then there's an element of a problem there. But again, you can't get to the chicken without the skin, without removing the skin, can you? So it's like peeling. So then you're allowed to remove the skin again. So removing skin from a chicken is much easier. Removing bones is more complicated because that's really solid from Michael. So if you do it with leaving a bit of chicken on it, that's fine. There's another, <coughs> another example of removing waste from food where Chazal said that's not considered removing waste from food. You haven't, full, you haven't fulfilled all the criteria of boyer and therefore it's mutter. The m- point where it's found in Shulchan Aruch is actually quite a, an interesting case. It's the process of making cheese. The process of making cheese, the method of making cheese, I've never made cheese in my life before, is, seems to be that you are separating the way from the curd or the curd from the way whichever around it is what you are really doing is besides the halacha boina which applies to cheese as well but you are separating the process of cheese, make, of cheese making is to separate so therefore to make cheese on Shabbos is a, a clear violation of the, of the Issa of Bayer you can't that's what I'm saying to you you mustn't if you do you're over the Issa you have transgressed the Issa of Bayer making cheese is transgressing the Issa of Bayer because you're separating the fatty part of the of the of the, of the milk from the bit which is not going to turn into cheese. Now, in, uh, when we used to have milk in a bottle before they came to this uh, new method of processing the milk and having skim milk and semi-skim milk and full milk, etc., you used to get a bottle of milk with a cream at the top. So, separating that cream from the milk, if you don't want the cream, would be a problem. Would be a problem of boyer. Here came Chazal and said a very, a very interesting thing. If you separate the cream from the top, but you leave a tiny piece of cream a tiny layer of cream just before the milk. So you've not really entered into the mixture yet. You've removed till the point of, of the mixture, till the point of contact. But you haven't quite entered into the mixture yet. You can clear the cream from the top till just leaving a small layer of, of, of cream there, and that will be fine. Now this comes up in many, in, in many scenarios in everyday life. So what you're doing is you have 
two things connected. So let's say you have a, 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 a piece of meat with some fat on it. So you've got a meat with fat connected to the meat. And you don't want to eat the fat. Right? And you don't want to lose your meat. You don't want to cut off a piece of meat together with the fat. But you can cut the fat till just before the meat and leave a very thin layer of, meat on, uh, of fat on the meat and you're fine because you've not done the action of separating it. What you've done is you've cut the fat away from the meat but you've left a little line of fat there and if you haven't entered quite into the tarubas yet and that's mutter. That would be mutter. Understandably, if you wanted to remove the fat of milk from the milk and you wanted to eat the fat then that would be called that would be okay. There will be a problem how you do it, as we'll discuss in a, a, bit, a bit later on. But that, would, that wouldn't be constitute halacha aboyer. We're discussing taking the fat away from the milk when you want the milk and not the fat. So then you are removing psalas uh, uh, from oichel. But if you left a little bit, of, a little layer of fat and, uh, 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 above the milk, that would be fine. That wouldn't be a problem of boyer. This takes us into the halacha, into the, the situation which is quite common nowadays of filtering. Filtering. Uh, in the old days, it was more common when we used to have tea pots. Uh, it became an issue there with teapots. Now, filtering is a malach of bari. You're not allowed to filter. If you have water which is undrinkable, and you then pass it through a filter to filter out all the unwanted elements in the water and to, have to clean the water so it becomes drinkable, that's a clear malach of bari. So to filter water, to filter any drink which is non-drinkable without being filtered is a malach of bari. Whether, whether you filter it through a proper filter or you filter it through a cloth, it's all by in the cloth. You have an extra and added a problem of libun, which we'll discuss much in, in the coming shurim. Boya, it definitely is. So to filter the problem of boya, using a filtered jug, which is again a few years ago was was fashionable to use filtered jugs. Are you allowed to use a filtered jug? Now here again, what am I doing? I'm filtering the water. So if the water is water which is drinkable, so then that's not considered filtering, because you can drink it anyway. You've really You've, you've not done anything. It was drinkable beforehand. It was clear enough to drink beforehand. Most people will drink it. Therefore, that's not considered filtering. If the water wasn't clear, it was dirty water, and you wouldn't drink it without being filtered, and that would be considered filtering. So to filter is a violation of the malacha of boyer. Somebody who's a, a complete mafunek, a real, a very sensitive person, and won't drink any water without it being filtered, has a problem. Can they filter on Shabbos? That's a problem, because by filtering, you're turning the water, which for you is not drinkable, into drinkable water, that's the problem of boyer. For the average person who wouldn't mind drinking water which is unfiltered, then they can drink filtered water as well. You can put, place a filter on your tap. There's no problem because you would anyway drink it without the filter. Then you can filter. Somebody who wouldn't drink it without a filter has a problem. Can't filter on Shabbos. A teapot is a very similar situation. You have a teapot and you leave the tea bags or the tea essence at the bottom of the tea. At the bottom of the essence in the pot or whatever, whatever you call it the liquid tea in the pot and at the bottom you've got your tea bags or your tea essence when you pour the tea out of the teapot now if there's a lot of li- tea in the pot liquid then when you start pouring the tea essence will remain at the bottom and it won't come anywhere near the spout and you, there you've separated the water the tea at the top of the, of the tea but you haven't filtered the tea essence at all, because they've remained at the bottom. When you get lower down the teapot, and you start pouring, what's going to happen is that the, the tea essence, or the tea bags, will come to the, toward the spout together with the liquid, and then when you start pouring, when you pour it out, the little filter at the end of the spout will prevent the tea essence from going through, but will allow the water through. You have then transgressed the malacha of So, in a teapot, using the water 
which is at the top, the tea at the top of the teapot, that's fine. Halfway down, two thirds of the way down is fine because you're not filtering at all. As soon as you get to the level where the tea is going to come up together with the where the tea essence are going to come up together with the tea and be filtered at the end of the tea spout, that's that's a malachal beer. You have soup and you have some finicky children who don't like lakshan. So you are you want to serve some soup without taking the lakshan out of the pot. So to you take the pot and you tip it so the soup spills out and the lakshan stays at the bottom. Again, as long as the lakshan doesn't come to the top and if there's no need to filter, you are not filtering. All you're doing is separating that the cream of the cheese from the milk cream of the milk from the milk. You're separating soup from lakshan, but you haven't got to where the mixture really is. So that's completely mutter. That's completely mutter. Once you reach the point of where the mixture is, and you start pouring, and you start doing some sort of um, etzer to keep the lakshan in there, we'll discuss in a moment, that's already problematic. We are now entering into the malacha of fire. To pour your soup into a filter to keep the lakshan out through a sieve of sorts, that's definitely a malacha of boyer and shabbos. That definitely cannot be done. <coughs> Okay, so that's more or less the halachas of how to separate Eichmetech Correct. In a, filter, uh, in a water jug, correct. Uh, to find somebody who won't drink water out of a tap is that sensitive, is difficult. Most people would uh, at the push. But, that's, but they would drink it if they didn't have the filter. They would be they ever drink it. Most people would drink it. To get somebody who really wouldn't drink it, that somebody who's really sensitive, it's only for a person like that that, that, that the, the issue is a real issue. That takes us to, to the basic halachas of separating psalis from eichel, eichel psalis. We want to move on to now is the last condition in eichel mitech psalis, and that's the condition which we haven't discussed at all, and that's the halacha that eichel mitech psalis, even if you are separating the food from the waste to eat now in the coming meal, it must be separated by hand and not by not with a vessel. Now that doesn't mean to say that we have to go back to Roman times where we eat with our fingers. That's not what it means. There's a vessel which is sometimes considered a, uh, an extension of your hand and sometimes the vessel is considered a vessel and not an extension of your hand. When it's an extension of your hand, then that's no problem at all. Then there's no malach of boya, that's from 100% mutter. When it's not considered an extension of your hand, then it's considered a malach of boya. You, it's called you've used a vessel and you haven't used your hand. Now, the criteria of what's called using your hand and what's called an extension of your hand, uh, what's called a keli, what's called an extension of your hand, isn't 100% clear, but the poskim divided into around about three categories. If you're using it to, if you're using the keli because you don't want your hands to get dirty, etiquette demands that you eat with a knife and fork, then that's not considered using keli. You're not using the, the keli to enhance the process of sorting. What you're doing is you're using a keli as an extension of your hand. That's no problem. So you are allowed to sit and eat your meat and your chicken and etc. with your knife and fork and you can do all the separating in the method which is mutter with your knife and fork because that's considered an extension of your hand. If the knife or the fork is there because you can't quite reach the food without the fork, say for instance you have a pot and the meat to the bottom of the pot, and you can't get your, you can't get there. It's a big pot. You can't get your hand all the way down to the bottom of the pot. So you take a fork and you put 
you put the fork into the pot and you take out that piece of meat, that's fine. Because again, the fork is just being used as an extension of your hand. It's not really being used as a, as a, as a keli. And the third scenario is if you can't actually do it with your hand. And that's where peeling comes into the equation. If you can't actually do the saw thing with your hand, it's just not possible. That type of sorting cannot be done with your hand, so you need the keli just to physically do the sorting. That's again considered an extension of your hand, and that's not considered by you. When is Chazal, what are Chazal talking about when they say you must use your hand and not the keli? They are, they are talking about where the keli enhances the actual process of sorting. When the keli enhances the process of sorting, that's the malacha boyer. When the keli does not enhance the process of sorting, that's not the malacha boyer. So let's go back just for a moment to our, our scenario with the pot of soup and the lakshan. So we explained very simply, if you're pouring out the top of the soup, that's no problem at all, that's not boyer. If you pour it through a sieve, that's definitely boyer. What would happen if you took the lid of the pot and you used that to stop the lakshan from pouring, from coming out? So there, it's not just an extension of your hand. There, you're not using the pot because you don't get your hand dirty. There might be that element there as well. That's not what you're doing. You're using the pot because that's enhancing the process of separation. It's enhancing the ability to keep the lotion inside the pot and the soup come out of the pot without it. That is therefore a malacha aboya with a keli. That would not be allowed. If you had a pot with a, a rim and you, you know, a pot, and you balance it, you can get the soup out with the lotion just standing at the rim, but not quite coming over that rim, and it can be done, some people are quite, quite adept at it, you, you can pour the soup and just get the lotion to remain, that's fine, because there, there's no keli involved in the process of sorting, that would be fine, but to use the lid, I'm using a keli to help me sort, that's a problem. That's fine. Yes, that's fine. Yes, that would be that would be fine. Yes, why not? You're keeping you're separating oichel from soilus, the yad. Why not? What's the difference to taking a piece of chicken off a bone with my hand, hold the bone and take the piece of chicken off, or to taking the soup out with my hand? It's the same thing. It's be, as long as it's biyad, you're fine. To make a tea using a tea bag, to make a tea using a tea bag is goes under the banner of boyer because what am I doing? Um, the tea is the bag is holding the tea essence inside the the bag and the tea the tea leaves the crushed tea leaves whatever it is and when you take it out, let's assume there's no we're talking about a keli revi. Let's say we're we're going to be making on a keli revi. Let's. Or you made it before Shabbos, but you want to take the tea bag out. Now, when you take the tea bag out, the tea is going to come drip out of the. So, what you're doing, you are sieving, you're separating the tea from the tea leaves inside the bag, and that's the problem of boyer. The only way to do it on Shabbos would be if you took a spoon, put it inside the inside the um, tea tea essence with a tea and with a tea bag inside, lifted up the tea bag so that nothing would drip out of the tea bag then you could do that on Shabbos, that would be fine. So if you had a tea bag in a, in a cup before Shabbos, you took a spoon, you put the spoon and you lifted up the tea bag from the, pot, from the cup, so there's nothing dripping out of the tea bag anymore, 
there's no action of sieving here. There's no barrier there. That would be fine. Sorry? It's not very one drip on the spoon. If it's lying on the spoon, it won't drip on the spoon. It, some water will drip underneath the spoon because the spoon is wet, but nothing will come out the tea bag because there's no pressure. It needs an element of pressure to come out. It's got to be hanging or you've got to squeeze it in order to come out. You haven't got any of that, so that would be mutter. Now, not always is using a spoon considered an extension of your hand. And we spoke a few moments ago about removing the milk cream from the top of the cream. Now, say you wanted to use, you wanted to eat, eat the cream now. How would you separate cream from the milk? Now, in that case, you're eating, you're separating and you're allowed to separate it right away up until the point of the milk because you're separating the food from the waste. But how would you do it? Now, the normal method of separating cream from milk would be to take a spoon and, and, and spoon it off. That here, because the spoon is the method of doing it, and the spoon enhances the separation of the cream from the milk, Mishmur says quite c- c- categorically that would be awesome. That would be considered, you'd have to drink it, that would be considered, that would be considered, that would be, that would be that using a keli. So even though a spoon is normally considered an extension of your hand, in most circumstances, here where that's the method, and that's the process of separating the cream from the milk, that's fine. I don't think it's an issue nowadays. We don't have cream on milk um, anymore anyway. Either you have cream or you have milk or you have it mixed in uh, semi-skimmed and full-fat milk, but you don't have cream at the top of the milk, so it's not a real practical shiner. To use a perforated spoon to serve, now that's again, that's a specific spoon to an aid, to enhance the process of sieving, that would be awesome. Because you're using a spoon which is made purposely to sieve and that's what it is you're pulling out the, the whatever it is the, the meat and letting the juices drop that would be a problem of boyer another one which came as an interesting uh, actually an interesting finish to me but it seems to be quite straightforward and, and if I would have thought this through I probably would have come to the same conclusion is using an apple core on Shabbos can you use an apple core on Shabbos now an apple core is really separating the core from the apple and by using an apple core, you're just you're not separating the apple from the core. You're taking the core away from the apple. So you're taking the psoilus from the oichel. Not just that, you're using specifically you're using something which enhances the process of separating. So even if you would stick the apple core in and somehow yank the apple off, so you've separated the apple from the core. But how did you do that? You did it with the aid of a specific article which enhances that separating process. Therefore, that would go under the banner of Boyer. Oichel mitech sodas, maybe, but using a kelia method, that would be awesome. Sorry? If, the, if, if it's easier, then Yom Tov would be mutter, yes. Because as we said, Yom Tov, the, the halakhs of Boyer are completely different. Yom Tov, everything depends on, on how, which one is the easier process. And finally, using... Sorry, just one more, one, one more moment before we move on. Finally, using an, uh, a peeler. A peeler. You want to peel carrots, and you want to use a peeler. Can one use a peeler? That's not so straightforward in halakha. Because a peeler could be considered just a, a, a plain knife. But a lot of the post can take on that a peeler is considered a specific keli to enhance and to aid the peeling process. Because when you use a knife, uh, just reminding me of my, my childhood when my mother used to peel uh, potatoes with a knife, there was two thirds of the potato went into the bin and uh, a little minuscule piece of, piece of potato went into the pot. Using a knife does cut off far more 
of the vegetable than using a peeler. A peeler somehow manages to peel just a thin layer. Therefore, it's enhancing the peeling process, and therefore they consider it a specific keli and not an extension of the yad, and therefore it will be offer. So even though you're allowed to use a knife to peel, there's nothing wrong with using a knife to peel because you can't peel without a knife, and therefore we consider it an extension of your hand, but to use a peeler, which is a specific art, a specific keli made to enhance the process of peeling, that would therefore be considered awesome. And well, just to give three more examples, three more methods of separating, of, of helping us get around the problem of, of sorting, if you had a mixture of, say, your cutlery, and you wanted to lay the table, but you can't, but you want to lay the table for tomorrow morning, so it's not Eichometer Psalis, it's not Lutzerich Achil al Alta, what can you do? So here, here the Poskim say there's a, there, there is an Eitzer. If you disband, if you disband the Tarubis, you make the mixture a non-mixture, then there's no problem with Boya. That's not a problem with Boya. You're not sorted, you just made it not into a mixture. So if you take the cutlery tray and you throw it across the table, so you'd have all your cutlery spread out now on the table, it's not a mixture. As we explained, the mixture is only when it's perceived as a mixture. It's in the cutlery bowl, it's a mixture. If you spread it all out over the table, so you now have it all spread out, and you can cl- see clearly, there's my apple spoon, there's my knife, and it it's not perceived in anybody's mind as a mixture, that's fine, I can now pick up the spoon when I want it, I can pick up the knife when I want it, because I'm not sorting. Sorting is only sorting from a mixture. If I've spread the mixture so it's not a mixture anymore, I can then go and sort. So, spreading the mixture is not sorting. I haven't sorted anything, all I've done is removed the mixture. Then, once it's not a mixture anymore, I can now go and sort the knives, and the forks, and the spoons, that's not a problem. So that's a very simple method, at least when we're not talking about uh, food matter, we're talking about articles, or perhaps even vegetables. Uh, you have, you have a, a group of vegetables or fruit mixed together, and you separate them. If you want to be really daring, and you have a, a mixed nuts, and you want to eat certain, only certain ones of them, nuts, not all of them, and you spread them out on the table, you don't mind. Um, again, you've spread the mixture, there's no problem here, because you've not sorted. And once it's spread, it's not a mixture anymore, then you can, you can take whichever article you like. <coughs> To reorganize a salad, to reorganize a mixture, for instance, is again not for So if you have a salad, a proper mixed salad, and the tomatoes for some reason have landed at the bottom, and you fancy eating some of those tomatoes, and the only way you can get there is by taking the top of the salad away, that we said is awesome, because that's not just a pile of food, that's called a mixture, and a mixture you can't just remove the top, that would be boya. But what you can do is take your salad spoon and toss the salad around. Because again, by tossing the salad, by turning the salad around, you're doing no action of sorting. It's still a mixture and it remains a mixture. You just moved it around. It so happens that for your convenience, when you move it around, the tomatoes have now come up from the bottom to the top. You can then take the tomatoes out of the salad. That's not a problem if you intend to eat them straight away. So the, another way to get around the problem of boya is to remix the mixture. Why not? You can put tomatoes on the meat platter, why not? You, to take them out and put them on the, on the meat platter only if you're preparing the meal. Then you can do that. If you're taking the oichel because you want the tomato now, you want to put it on your meat, on your, your meat platter, that's fine. Because that's taking what you want now and putting it on, on, the meat salad, on the meat platter as long as you're doing it within the time span that it takes to prepare a meal. And finally, there's one other method of sorting which is not considered sorting, and that's sorting by size. So if you had, as we mentioned this once before, you have a tray of meat of different sizes, and you can sort by size. 
Now the, the heta, the, the, uh, this, this kula that you're allowed to sort by size is not specific to one type of meat. If you have a mixture of meats on your platter, right, and you're not going to sort by types of meat, you're going to sort just by size. You're going to have all the types of meat, the big ones on one, on one line, and the me- medium-sized ones on the other line, and the smaller pieces in a third line, mixed, but separated, sorted into size, that's not the problem of burial either. So you can't sort out the types of meat, but you can sort the mixture into size, and that's again not a problem of boya, that's completely mutter. Even though you're really sorting different meats, you're not sorting different meats from each other, you're just sorting them from in, 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 into, into sizes, so you're going to end up with a row of three different types of meats, but all of one size, and another row of three different types of meat, all of another size, and another row of three different types of meat, all of a third size, that's fine. Sorting into sizes is not constitute a lot of boya, that's not called sorting. Size is not called a mixture, size is not sorting, and that's completely mutter. Those are the practical Heterim, which lie behind the Malacha of Boya. Mehat Hashem, in, in, uh, in four weeks' time, what we'll do is we'll recap very briefly the Halachas of Boya again, and we'll go through some very practical examples of Boya that come up regularly in the kitchen. These are just m- examples to, tell, to teach us Halachas, but we will go through practical examples of Mehat Hashem in four weeks' time. If, if you have got tomatoes with dirt, that's a big Makhlegis of Poskim. A lot of Poskim will make it to wash but um, not to soak it. You can't soak it in a, in a, in a bowl of water to r- remove the dirt. To rinse it under a tap, a lot of pots can make Chicken? Children, can you sort by size? What for? Why are you sorting them by size? For what? Yeah, then you can do that. But as long as you're not sorting, you're not pairing them. No, you've got. You you can sort by size as long as they 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 are the same socks and you're not. There's no differentiation between them. If if it's the same same socks, same same idea, exactly the same thing. All you're doing is sorting size. That's fine. As soon as you start sorting pairs, uh, you have uh, blue socks and yellow socks, and it could be you're already entering into 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 problems. Sorting sizes at any time. That's not that's not very that's not very that's not very at all. Okay, so I hope that's given us a, a little makes it a bit easier. Mrs. Graydon, will you be able to you meet this this Friday night? Very good. I, I hope it's made life a little bit easier for us. And Metshem, in four weeks' time, as I said, we'll try. I'll try my best to go through as many scenarios as we can of practical examples of where where they do come up. I've given you just some basic outlines here, and uh, hopefully it'll make life easier. Just to end off with a very short devatayo, uh, it's Hanukkah, and we are talking about Hanukkah the Shabbos. We'll try to combine the two very briefly. The mitzvah of Hanukkah is unique in the sense that there's no other mitzvah where we have this halacha of Mailim Mekodesh, where we move up in the... In the mitzvah itself demands that we extend ourselves further and further in each, uh, each process of doing the mitzvah. A mitzvah, of course, every mitzvah brings down an element of Kedusha to a person, and through a mitzvah a person is elevated. But the, the mitzvah itself should dictate an elevation that we don't find besides the Mitzvah Hanukkah. Mitzvah Hanukkah, the halakhas we like one, then the Mahadrins we like two, and we like three. So the very Mitzvah itself says, move up, keep moving, keep expanding, keep being, being elevated. The Gemara tells us if you have a choice of oil, you have a small amount of oil in the home, and you don't have enough for your Ne'er, ne'er Shabbos or for your Ne'er Hanukkah, which one comes first? So the Gemara tells us that Ne'er Hanukkah comes first. Ne'er Shabbos or Ne'er Hanukkah, Ne'er Hanukkah Odif, Ne'er Hanukkah comes first. What's unique, what's special about, <coughs> about the Ne'er Hanukkah and why should Ne'er Hanukkah come before Ne'er Shabbos so the Mephashim say that Shem Yishmur is a very sweet, very nice 
um, thought. He says like this, the mitzvah of Neh is a mitzvah in the time of, of, of the Yivonim, there was a tremendous darkness, because Chazal say, uh, there was a tremendous darkness in the world, the darkness, the spiritual darkness, a tremendous spiritual darkness, which reigned amongst Kalisol. The nest of Hanukkah was this small light, which was there to dispel the darkness. Darkness means there's a power of Tumah, there's, there's a various, there's sin, that's what blackens, that's what darkens the, the element of Kedusha in the world. The light represents the Nehashem Nishma Sodom, it represents the Kedusha, the power of the Neshama to break through the darkness, and to dispel some of that light. So Neh represents the light of removing, bit by bit, the elements of the Aveira. So when you're dealing with a Neh we're in the process, there is Aveira there, there is darkness there, and there's a tiny little light inside that darkness. As you go on in the midst of Hanukkah, you're removing more of that darkness, removing, cleansing yourself from more of the Chatari, more of the Averis, until you end up with 36 lights at the end of Hanukkah, which we know there's 36 elements of Croesus. 36 lights is where all the connection, 36 Croesus means there's 36 connections to Akadosh Baruch which could be severed if a person's over the Averis of Croesus. When you get to the 36, you have completely dispelled all the darkness that there is, and you're now reconnected. Every, every connection that's possible to connect through the Mitzvah Hanukkah. But the Mitzvah Hanukkah represents the conflict of darkness and light until we dispel all that darkness and we, the light conquers the darkness. Mitzvah Shabbos is something completely different. The Gemara tells us why do we light Ne'er Shabbos? We light Ne'er Shabbos in order to have shalom, to have peace in the home. And if, if there's darkness around and you trip up over each other and you can't see your food, it's not a, a, a good ingredient for a peaceful Shabbos. So therefore the Mitzvah Shabbos was instituted in order to have, to have shalom, to have peace. So the Mitzvah Shabbos represents not conflict, the opposite of conflict. We have reached, we have reached the stage of above conflict, we are now at the stage of completion of Shalom, where there's peace. Where there's peace between the negatives and the positives, because the negatives are not there anymore. That's the Mitzvah of Ne'er Shabbos. Therefore, say Chazal, the Ne'er Shabbos or Ne'er Hanukkah, Ne'er Hanukkah comes first. Because Ne'er Hanukkah is the process to get to the Ne'er Shabbos. You have to first dispel all the darkness through the power of the light, through the power of Kedusha. When you've reached that level, then you can light the light of Shalom, the light of Shabbos. So Ne'er Hanukkah, Ne'er Shabbos, Ne'er Shabbos comes first. And that's why the Ne'er Hanukkah is a process of moving up, Milam Kodesh all the time, because that is what Ne'er Hanukkah is. Ne'er Hanukkah is there to dispel all that darkness. Darkness cannot be removed in one go. Darkness can only be removed slowly, bit by bit. And therefore the Mitzvah Hanukkah dictates to one light on the first night, then to the second light, and two lights on the next night, until slowly through the process of the eight days, you've completely removed all the negative elements that there are around us, Within our neshama, we now have the 36 lights which reconnect us back to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So, afraid of the Chanukah, we should be zeicher to reach the shalom of of the Shabbos of Shabbos.